Hello everyone, welcome to Vibe with Stockton, a place to find hope, inspiration, and information through youth-led intergenerational conversations, focusing on stories from the community that impacts Stockton's high school and community age youth. Vibe with Stockton is a podcast created by Stockton's 2020 Summer of Service interns to uplift and amplify Stockton's youth through interviews with influential community members. I'm your host, Alaysia Townsell. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And today we'll be talking, we'll be talking about how these first generation students navigated their way through their first year of college. Today we have Joshua Sines, Sila Shah, and Truth. Let's let them introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Joshua Sines. Uh, I use he, him, his pronouns. I go to University of the Pacific as a sociology major and jazz minor. Um, I'm also a Stockton native. Hi everyone, my name is Sila Shaw. I use she, her pronouns, Stockton native, and I attend University of the Pacific. Hi everyone, my name is Truth Beth McCollum. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, and I'm a rising sophomore at Princeton University. Thank you all, it's nice to meet you. For our first question, it is, who was able to help you academically, emotionally prepare for your college career? If not, how were you able to find those resources? Um, I think for me, who has really helped me navigate through all of this um, will be my older sister. Um, she received her AA degree and she took some time off to start working. Um, so she never really fully got to finish her bachelor, um, her undergrad. And she motivated me heavily because she was the main reason why I got involved in leadership roles, why I got involved in extracurriculars and took uh, challenging courses is because of the sacrifices that she made. Um, so I really owe it to her. Um, although she wasn't, although she wasn't able to experience her first, you know, four, four year college experience, uh, the way she helped me was just being there for mental support, uh, moral support as well, and just guiding me um, while I had breakdowns, while I cried to her, while I expressed frustration to her, just almost about everything. Um, she was there for me and she really um, listened with open ears. But yeah. Um, it, that's a great question. And honestly, it's a really hard one for me to think about, to be honest. Um, um, it felt like a lot of the time I was relying on myself, but I realized that a lot of the people that were here in this community of Stockton helped me prepare for what I was going to go through in, in college, um, such as like Missy from Stockton Scholars, um, even people at the mayor's office, such as Cameron or Sufi, they all, they all really showed, um, like they cared. They showed that they cared um, for my success in education and they helped me along the way um, prepare mentally and physically. Um, it was, but my first year was really hard to be honest and I didn't learn a lot of the lessons that I needed to learn or that they were trying to teach me um, until um, later on in the semester. Uh, but even then, going into your first year is always a, a learning process. Um, you will learn so much about yourself and you'll become more comfortable with yourself um, as long as you try and you're, you're trying to. Uh, but yeah, those people helped me a lot. Um, they helped me grow and realize myself a lot. I think for me, the um, person who helped the most as far as like helping me get into college would have to be my high school counselor. 
And my high school counselor, she went above and beyond. She met with me during winter break and she met with me at a local Starbucks to help me work on my college essays. And she was actually the one who encouraged me to apply to Princeton. And if it wasn't for her, then I wouldn't have got in because Princeton was not on my radar. And so she played a huge part in just believing in me. And also I would have to give props to one of my teachers at my school because he gave me free ACT tutoring. And so that was super helpful. And I remember it was December when I took the ACT and that was like the last um, ACT date that would be accepted for college admissions. And he helped me prepare for that last test. And it was because of him that I got my score high enough to get into Princeton. And so I'm super thankful for the both of them. Man, yeah, there's some counselors that really do go above and beyond to help their students. The next question is, what are some hardships you faced as a first-generation college student? Um, I can start on this one. So um, some of the hardships I faced was being able to set boundaries um, and being able to communicate the, the needs that I have as a student um, with my family. Um, because not, my mom is a current college student as well and is going through um, college as well um, at 52 years old and she's triumphing in her own way, but, um, and it, it created a lot of understanding of like, okay, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and especially coming into like COVID. I, I was living with my grandparents um, in a, eight people in a three bedroom household, um, one pregnant woman, and then eventually a baby entered the household. So it was a lot, there's a lot of movement, a lot of things going on around me. And during the end of the semester while I was in school. So it was really hard to set those boundaries um, because because a lot of people that are first generation um, have a, feel as if they have a res well we do have a responsibility to our families in some type of way to help support our families and we feel the, the weight of our the world on our shoulders um, when when it, when we need a lot of of help to lift this weight um, and so being able to communicate your needs and communicate your boundaries when you're in when you're at home, especially, <laughs> um, it's very important. Um, but yeah, I, I, I struggled a lot with that. And I struggled a lot with, um, with just learning the process of being in school as well. I think one of the biggest challenges for me was trying to reassure myself that I belong in a college setting. Um, as a first generation college student, it's, um, even in high school, it was, you know, like AP classes and then clubs and everything. So it's very hectic. But when you go to college, it's like you're surrounded with people who um, are quite privileged. Um, so you have like, I don't know, for me personally, I was asked myself this question of, oh, my God, oh, my God, like I'm taking this class. Like, oh, I don't even know anything about this. But then my peer next to me has been taking these study lessons ever since he was like five years old or he's been going to like exploring other countries and doing such projects. So it's like your tendency to compare yourself to others. Um, I think in any college student, whether you're going to Ivy League, whether you're going to a public or, you know, UC and everything, it's, uh, it's there, especially as a first generation college student, it's because it's like, my parents never stepped a foot in college and this, I'm the first one in my family to do so. So how can I like, go about that, you know? And then, um, Going about that challenge, I think what I really did, like what really helped me was 
um, it's hard, you know, because you're always like self-doubtful, like you're always making yourself feel like you don't belong or that the people are way better than you. But what really helped me was um, also understanding my triumph and like my adversities and how I was able to come back from those adversities um, and telling myself that I struggled in my freshman year of high school. I struggled in my senior year of high school. Like these struggles are going to be present. But if I like, again, it's kind of cliche, but if I don't give up now, then I'll tell the story a couple of years from now, if that makes sense. So um, it's still a battle. I think I still experience like these comparisons, but um, thankfully it's been getting better. For me, the hardest part um, of being a low-income college student was like moving into college because I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, and that's super far from Princeton. And so my parents weren't able to move into college with me. And I had to fly to Princeton alone with just one suitcase. And I was just worried about like the bedding and just figuring out how to decorate my dorm. But it all worked out in the long run. But I remember my flight got canceled and so I was stranded at an airport all by myself en route to college. And so that was scary. But luckily, um, an organization called SIFBE at Princeton, who um, helps out low-income first-generation students, they um, they got a car for me and the car drove me to Princeton from the airport that I was stranded at. And so I'm super thankful for them. And so I guess advice that I'll have is just to make sure that the college that you go to is that they really do support low income students because that helps out a lot. Yeah, I, I completely get both of those situations. Like it was really hard just growing into your independence, um, going into your first year of college. It's like, I support like family support especially in a Chicanx household like family is everything like you go into this this uh, you're you're part of this system this ecosystem in which you support each other consistently um and but then also coming from a more a background of like Christianity and having a lot of weight on me and a responsibility that I felt um growing into my independence was hard because of those responsibilities that I felt I had to uphold when my responsibility now going into college is to get to know who I am and to learn about the things that I want to learn about in order to become the person I want to be, you know? The next question is, what are resources you found helpful as you navigated college as a first-generation student? I think some resources is um, I'm very blessed and grateful to be in a a program like community involvement program, Josh, I appear right there, uh, but uh, CIP for short, and it's for Stockton students and UOP. Uh, CIP is a great program just because it's more than just a scholarship. Um, we have our own uh, steady lounge place that we go to at any time throughout the day and uh, other resources that they have, like they have like free snacks, they have uh, free printing, um, what else do they have? Like they just have so much that uh, people, other students in the college have to pay for, but for me it's accessible um, just because I'm low income and I'm a first generation college student. So uh, yeah, CIP is a great program, um, especially because when I would struggle with my classes and when I would feel really, really down, um, I'll go to the lounge and just any, any like, you know, CIP peer, whether it's a senior, junior, somebody who I've never even talked to in my life before, um, they're there in the lounge. So we just like go on a whole life discussion about who we are, like what have we been through? 
Um, and it would really calm my nerves down. So I'm really, really grateful for this program and also Stockton Scholars as well. Like um, even after I graduated from high school, they've been very connecting with me. Um, they've helped me peer, uh, partner up with a mentor and just other services as well. So um, both of these hold a very special place in my heart. I can go ahead and um, piggyback off of Sila. Yeah, I'm, I'm also a part of the CIP program. Um, it, it's been a huge resource for me, especially um, in my, my personal development and personal growth. Um, I can literally just go to Corey's office, sit there with Corey and just have a hour-long conversation about all the things that were going on in my mind and all the stresses that I was facing, all the anxiety and adversity that I was facing. And Corey would be there to support. And the, and the people that, and Corey, Corey's also like one of the leader, leadership, in one of the leadership roles in CIP. And I could literally go to Alicia's office, Corey's office, or Allison's office, or just sit in the CIP lounge and talk about my, what was going on. And they would offer me solutions. They would sit me down and put me through a process of writing things down and finding ways in order to, to change the situation I'm in or solve the situation I'm in. And so that's one thing, like, like Sila, I'm super grateful for everybody at CIP, in the CIP um, organization uh, because it has been so supportive during this whole, during my freshman year. One resource that I found super helpful was um, a summer program called FSI, and it was for low-income first-generation college students to help us transition to college. And so it was a summer-long course that we took on Princeton's campus. And so for eight weeks, we were able to have the campus to ourselves. And so that way, I knew like where every building was, and then our professors were actual Princeton professors as well. And so I had a leg up on interacting with them and learning the importance of office hours and interacting with your professors. And so that was really cool. And I also met all of my friends there. And so I still hang out with them to this day. And so just having that tr transition before college, it was super helpful because I'm still benefiting from everything that I experienced over the summer. How has your experience as a first-generation college-bound student shaped who you are today? I can definitely say that um, I'm a very different person than I was going into college. I mean, a lot of my, my morals, I'm very much the same person, but also a different person as well. Um, I was exposed to a lot of independence and I was given the opportunity to really focus on myself, um, which is not something I, I used to do a lot. I was always taught to uh, put others before myself and that's how I lived my life from when I was taught that at a young age to my senior in high school and going into college, I really had to really focus on who I was. Um, and in doing that search, I realized there's a lot of things about myself that I didn't know. And through the college experience and through meeting with people that have gone through this process of self-discovery, um, I started to learn who I am and started to be more comfortable with who I am. Um, one of the big things that, I, that I'm challenged with is um, anxiety about what people think about me. <laughs> I, have, I have really bad social anxiety, to be honest. And most people wouldn't think so because of my personality is so extroverted. Um, but um, I'm barely becoming comfortable with expressing myself in, in the ways that I wish to express myself. And that, that may be through singing, that may through be the way, through the way I do my hair, the way I clothe myself, 
um, or the way I speak and the speak the words that I use. Um, but it's it's a process of being able to connect with yourself and be with yourself um, that I was I was grateful to be exposed to in college, um, and it shaped me to be a more mindful person when I'm entering the space and be a congruent person. Sila, you know you know the word congruent, <laughs> um, which is a which is a concept that CIP also ta- teaches us. Um, and I want to be congruent, congruent with myself, with other people, and with the world when I'm, when I'm moving forward with my life. Um, and I think college, or my first year of college, had really, really set the foundation for me to grow as Joshua, um, as me, as Joshua Signs from Stockton, California. Um, and I'm not done growing, and we're all not done growing. We have a process to go through. Um, but I'm excited to see who I become and who, who I am, you know? So before I went to college, I wasn't exactly aware that like, I'll be considered a low income student because of the community that I was in. Like it was just normal to have that amount of income. And so I wasn't aware that that was a huge part of my identity until I went to college. And then um, I guess like I saw just like how poor I was and there was like a real eye opener. And at first, like, I was embarrassed of it because, like, I just realized, like, how I stood financially compared to my peers. But eventually, um, it became something that I am proud of because it's, like, I've made it this far despite all these obstacles of, like, the financial burden and, like, not having a lot of resources or people who went to college before me to, like, show me the way. And so the fact that like I was able to make it despite all that, I think that says a lot about me. And so being a low income student is something that I'm super proud of. I, I don't know. Um, like, I mean, I've said like that word like so many times today, but like first generation college today, it's um, like other, other people like in college, they go to college, like they attend university because their parents are like, yeah, go ahead. Like, you know, just do it and be whatever you want to be uh, sometimes, you know. And then for me, it's like, go to college. Like, you have to go to college. Like, no, you need to go to college. Like, you, you want your future dream job. You want to make money. You want to get a bigger house. Like, you want all these materialistic things and go to college. Um, and for that, it's more of a, I, I will never say it's a burden. And I'm very grateful to go to college, but it's a, it's like a moral big responsibility that I need to go to college. And I think it's ingrained in every one of our minds, like go to college. Um, so for that, in this situation, it's um, like when I come home with a lot of work or when I come home like late, it's a little hard because my parents don't understand the, the context of my work or they, they don't really understand like how my mental health is just because they think, oh, like assignments are just assignments. Like you just go and do it. Um, but for me, it's like, I get the assignments. Yes, but I need to perfect it. Like I need to get an A. I need to like be a better student than just passing it and calling it a day. So in this situation, when I come home late or tired, um, there was an instant where I came home very late. I believe it was like 10.30 PM or 11 PM. And it's quite late for my family uh, as a commuter student. And my dad, it was hard for him to understand why I was out so late. You know, it's not, it's dangerous for girls to be out so late. And he confronted me about it. And I, just, I was just so emotional. I would just let it all out. And I was just like, cry. Like, I have so much to do. I have like these 
clubs you do have like you know first like well like your first year is like so burdensome in a way um so from that day i realized that i need to treat college less like a I need to treat college less like, uh, how do I say this? I need to treat it less like I have to do this. I have to do this and more like uh, I want to do this, you know? Um, so I hope that made sense. I'm trying to get my thoughts like in the same bubble, but it's just hard to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely, I, under, I understand that what you mean. Um, it's like you're pressured to be, you're pressured to go to college to be successful and in the eyes of um, your family, first of all, um, and you're pressured to go to college because it's gonna make you money. But when you go, when you start going and like, you really find what you wanna do and you go into it and like, I started as a political science major um, and I realized like, that's not actually what I really wanna do. I wanna work with people. I wanna understand people um, and once I, I hate, I like my, my first year while I was a political science major was not good. <laughs> my academics were, were, my academic standing was very low. Um, I had below a 2.5 a, a GPA my first semester and th that was not good. And now that I switched over to sociology um, and found something that I'm really passionate about learning about, like I'm, going going ahead and doing work ahead of time before i go into um go into this this next year and learning about the things that i like to learn about because it's just what i love learning about you know and so i, I get what you mean when you say like it's it, it needs to become something that you like love doing um and but it's also a, it's also finding things that you love doing and um implementing that into your into your work at school for our final question, it is, as we close out, what is something that you feel every first-generation college-bound student should know? One thing students need to know is uh, I'm very, very like, strong and adamant about applying for scholarships. Um, and I promise you, if you are low-income and you're first-generation, like, your story, like, people want to hear it. People want to give you money for it. So take advantage of that. And one thing that my counselor would say is if there's free money out there. Billions of dollars are just left stranded because nobody's applying for scholarships for those. So you can be the first one to apply. And, uh, and also, I understand that you need to worry about finances for college. And that's why I think looking into scholarships, maybe looking into like government loans and stuff is a good way to ease those nerves down. Um, and just to know that no matter what college you go to, that in the end of the day, like you're getting the same degree. I think for me, one thing was I was always very, I was very disappointed in myself when I didn't get accepted in Ivy Leagues or um, get, didn't get accepted in my dream college. And I always felt like, oh, like, you know, uh, like what am I doing with my life? Like I won't conquer as much. But now with, as I finished my first year in college, I realized that I'm getting the same business degree as somebody that's getting it at Stanford. Obviously at Stanford, there's more networking opportunities, but in a way it's like, we're both doing essentially the same thing. And it's just how we go around those experiences that shape who we are in the future. So um, don't, don't be too disappointed in yourself if you, you know, are not in your dream college or if you're going to CC 
um, I promise everything falls in place. Like UOP was not my top option. It was actually my top six or something. And then I realize now like how grateful I am that things worked out the way they did, where now I can call UOP like essentially my home, which is so cliche, but um, yeah, and everything works out. Look for money out there. I, and if you still like, if you need any type of assistance, reach out to your counselors, teachers. And um, also another thing is, is perfect your story. Sit down, like really analyze your life and analyze how you want to showcase yourself. It's not necessarily like a sob story. Like that's not what we want. We want to see how you persevere through the, your situations, how as a low income college student or as an LGBTQ plus student, you know, or as a disabled student, like how, how did this experience shape who you are today and why you are so strong and powerful? So um, think about that story and really write it down because that one essay that you write down, it shapes who, like all your opportunities in the future. Um, just quickly before I go, uh, like literally one essay that I wrote in my senior year of high school and I'm continuously using it to this day, obviously making minor changes, but that same essay, like I've used it in such opportunities that people are like, wow, like, you know, they compliment me for it. They, they're curious about my life. And I promise that no matter how different you are, or no matter how low you think you are, because your GPA is lower or because you think your SAT is lower, because I've been there. I've always compared myself to everyone around me. Um, I've landed myself in opportunities that my valedictorian peers never did. And it's not necessarily to compare myself to them, but it's to showcase that GPA matters, numbers matter too, but they don't matter as much as how you present yourself, how you present your identity and how you present like your clubs and everything else. So don't be discouraged. Um, always find a way to be better than just the way numbers display to you. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I'll end it there. My advice for for y'all is, first of all, find your own definition of success. Um, all my life, I went with the idea that success is being able, building wealth, buying a home, and um, having a lot of money in order to support my family. Like, that's what success was for me. But then in my senior year, I started to realize that success was very different in, in the way that I perceived it. Success wasn't what I could gain for myself but it was more of like how much could I I do how much can I do to make a positive impact on other people's lives in my daily life um and so I had to I had to work a lot on myself and understanding me in order to in, in order to be able to understand that my passion lies in helping others and although success may not be money to me success lies in the daily impact that I make on, on, on the people that I cross paths with. If I make a positive impact on somebody and change their world, it's still changing the world, um, for, even if it's just for them. And then hopefully you're, they're gonna go on to change another person's world or make a positive impact on another person. Um, and then my second piece of advice is you are not alone. Like there are so many people going through similar struggles, although they may never know the exact feelings you are feeling or the thoughts that are going through your head, there are people that are able to support you and um, build you up and remind you that you can make it. And if, I, if, if I'm one of those people, great, because you can make it. <laughs> I promise you, everybody in this phone call, everybody that that is listening, like you have the potential to do it 
anything you put your mind to. And as long as you're making a positive impact on others and you're building yourself to be who you want to be and finding yourself, you're going to be successful and you're going to be successful in your own way. I think the best advice that I can give um, low-income college students is just to like research the colleges that you're applying to and make sure that they give out good financial aid and that they have a strong low-income community. And I think that's really important and just to have confidence in yourself and to be proud of the fact that like you've made it this far. And that concludes all the questions I have for you all today. Thank you guys for taking the time to be a part of our podcast. Now I'm going to give this time if you guys have any last comments or concerns. Thank you all so much for this conversation. It's been a great conversation. I love hearing your answers to each question. Um, they all have helped me grow, grow a lot. Um, and I'm glad, I was glad to be a part of this. Thank you. It was, um, it was a great opportunity. Um, but yeah, uh, just quickly before we go, I want to reiterate that many of us are interning for Stockton Scholars this summer. And I want you to know about all the opportunities and support that exists for you as a high school student or college-bound student. So in addition to receiving a scholarship if you are an eligible Stockton Scholar, sorry, Stockton student, Stockton Scholars can help you navigate financial aid, participate in the mentorship program, which I'm also part of, great program, by the way, and learn how to succeed in college. Give them a follow on Instagram at Stockton Scholars or visit their website at StocktonScholars.org. And just to be a little biased, I definitely think if you are a Stockton student to please access these resources. Stockton Scholars has helped me so much and so many of my peers that words can express how thankful I am for this. And they're here for the expense of you. So um, please take advantage of them. I mean, not them, of the program, but yeah. As we bring it to an end, I'd like to thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Vibe with Stockton podcast. We really enjoyed having this meaningful conversation with our summer of service interns talking about their own experiences navigating college as a first generation student. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook at Vibe with Stockton and on Twitter at Vibe W Stockton.